Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Welcome to Kindled Podcast. I'm your host, Haley Williams, and this is the show where we talk about work, motherhood, and the grace we need for both. We are making and being made. Come join us. Hello and welcome to another episode of Kindled. I'm your host, Haley Williams. The sponsor of today's show is the Mompreneur Mastermind Show. This is episode 73, and today I'm chatting with my friend Merit Ansa. Merit is the host of the Devoted Dreamers podcast and a new friend of mine. Merit and I actually did a podcast interview swap where two podcasters interview each other and take turns being on each other's shows. Um, So that's been really fun to get to know her a little bit better through that process. And so you can look for my interview on her show coming up in the next couple months, August or September. Just stay tuned with me on Instagram or Facebook, and I'll be sure and let you know when that does air. Merit and I talk about her story with pursuing a God-shaped dream and how that looks so different in every season of life. Right now, God is showing her that it's not really about the dream itself as much as about how he is using it to change and transform her to be more like him. And wow, I mean, I relate with that so much. That is like the story of my life. It's the story of a lot of our lives. So I guess God does that a lot of the time with a lot of us. And I don't know about you guys, but I can get kind of picky about how people talk about their dreams or their aspirations or their desires because I think it's very easy to make our dreams about us and to make our desires or vision for our life kind of this ultimate thing that we are waiting for God to fulfill or waiting for Him to grant this wish that we have when a lot of times that is not His MO is just to do whatever we wish for or hope for or ask for even. It's, you know, he he does give us good things, but it's not always what we are asking for. Sometimes it's something better. Sometimes it's something different. Sometimes it's something that feels way worse. But ultimately, it's the best thing for us, and it's the best thing for his glory because he is good and he cannot deny his nature. So I say all that to say, I think Merit does a great job of talking about our dreams in light of the truth that they are not the ultimate and that this life is not primarily about us having our dreams realized, but about us glorifying God. And he enables us to do that and gives us skills and gives us vision for things and does call us into things and does call us to take steps and actions and and make things happen and make moves that are uncomfortable and scary. And so she talks about a lot of that, you know, and it's a hard thing to talk about without getting caught up in like, well, what if it doesn't happen? So I can appreciate, um, especially just her perspective on this and how she really makes her dream, even though she does have one, not all about her. So now for my conversation with Merit. So Merit, thanks for joining me. Hi, Haley. Thanks so much for having me. 
So this is fun because you are a podcaster and I'm a podcaster. So I feel like yeah. this is just going to be a really professional episode that we are just going to kill it. <laughs> totally going to kill it. Yes. Yeah. There will just going to be super easy, natural flow. There will be no awkward pauses, right? None. Zero. <laughs> <laughs> sure. um, so I would love for you to introduce yourself to the listeners. Sure. My name is Merit Onset and... If you are a podcast listener and you've heard my um, podcast is called Devoted Dreamers, and I've been podcasting for about three years, and I am a older mom of two young kids. So um, my husband and I got married when I was 39, and he was 40, and we are celebrating 10 years in November, and I have a four and a one-year-old. And we live in between Boulder and Denver, Colorado. So, okay, yeah, that's cool. That's where we are. My husband is in Denver right now for work. Oh, so he's heading on today. I hope he brought a coat. <laughs> it was I cold. Know. Yeah, it's like it snowed the day he got there, mm-hmm. and I was just like, I hope you packed for that. And he's like, Oh yeah, of course, because yeah. he's you know from Denver, so he knows how to pack. <laughs> okay, cool. So, are you guys like in Golden, or where are you at? Uh, we're in Broomfield, which oh yeah, I know where that is. Yeah, yeah, suburb. So motherhood looks like for you, your two kids, what else? What do you do? Yeah. What do you, what's your like, like life rhythm look like? Okay. So for a long time, I guess I probably could have started out with some of the other aspects of motherhood, but other than it being late in life, we kind of went through that whole infertility and pregnancy mm-hmm. loss. And our kids are actually adopted embryos but that's like an entirely Mm -hmm. different podcast. If you wanted to talk about that. I actually have a friend that just did that and and had twins. Oh my gosh. It is such a miracle of God. But, um, so I had my first child at how old was I? 44. And they say, it doesn't matter how old your uterus is, which is really awesome. Thank you, God. Yeah. And up until that time, I was working full time. I was a freelance writer. And so I worked from home and I always envisioned like, this is the job that will allow me to have time to be a mom and still make an income. And that quickly kind of got crushed. (laughs) Like it was, Mm -hmm. it was hard to work from home and have a small baby. And then to realize like, oh, I have to like actually get her out of the house so that I can focus and like use my brain for something else for a short period of time. And so I did that. I continued to do that work, writing and editing that kind of stuff for about another year and a half, kind of juggling different childcare options a couple of days a week. And then, and I'm kind of crossing topics here. So I'm talking about work and motherhood, but Uh, we had a really hard baby the first time around. And I realized I actually needed that break. I needed to be able to turn motherhood off for a little bit of time and turn on work. And but then I realized I was not really doing the work that I loved. I had all these desires that would bubble up within me. And then at the end of the day, I'd have no creative energy remaining to pursue those. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd given everything to my baby all night long and to my work all day long. And it was, it was hard. And I started to pray and ask God, like, what do you, what is this supposed to look like? Am I really supposed to continue? I'm exhausted from the work work. And he began to kind of remove my clients from me. <laughs> and, and I, 
let go of a couple, but um, that made space for me to start the podcast. And kind of along those, along that journey, we decided to have another baby. And now it's like, oh, two. And <laughs> and it's I have an easier baby. She's almost one. I have an easier baby this time, but it's still incredibly draining. And mm-hmm. I ha- struggle with a lot of that mom guilt. Like, should I be, you know, over here, like doing Pinterest crafts? Or should I be like following the thing that I feel like God's given me to do with my life? Or, or how do I do both? You know, how do I do both and do that well? And a lot of times I feel like I'm not doing great (laughs) at any of it, but our rhythm, our daily rhythms. So I really only work like Tuesdays and Thursdays and then in the pockets, you know, where kids are either sleeping or on a play date or whatever. But Monday, Wednesday, Friday, we go to the gym and we have play dates and we go grocery shopping and we take care of the house a little bit, tiny. Yeah. A little bit of caring for the house. <laughs> Very little bit. Very right? little bit. And we cook and we do it. Live your life. Survive. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's fun. That's kind of the similar rhythm that I have right now is Tuesday, Thursdays. Um, yeah. My kids are in preschool those days during the school year. And then for the summer, I have my sister uh, who is a junior in college. who's going to be watching them at my house. Sweet. So most of the time I'll probably leave because I do a lot better work when I'm not listening to them play or mm-hmm. just, you know, somebody described it as emotional labor. Like mm. even though you're not physically tied to them, like you're not in the room giving them the snacks or playing the games with them, there's still an emotional burden that you're carrying being oh, around sure. them. It's not wrong. It's part of who we are as moms. But it can make focusing on your work and actually like being plugged in really hard. And then I also struggle with the same thing that you were saying is when I can, when I'm still here, I do tend to feel more like I should be down there. Why am I not down there? Yeah. And it's just like, but yeah, that I want to be all where I am. So I'm like, it's better if I just leave and focus on what I'm doing. Come back refreshed and full rather than like spending the whole time feeling guilty for something that I really want. It's just, it's mm-hmm. crazy. I know. We do that to ourselves. It's really hard. I know. I was going to say, my baby is going to cry in the other room in about 15 minutes and I'm going to hear it, you know, and be like, ah, yeah. torn, but daddy is here. So yeah, oh, that's it's, good. she's covered. Yes, man. They, they are key to the whole thing. Yeah. yeah. I was saying before I started recording how I've been a single parent since Monday and you know, that's only three days and I'm just exhausted. I'm just wiped out. Like, man, no breaks, you know, like, you know, the smallest things can kind of start to really eat or like wear you down. Like mm-hmm. just the constant, I mean, for me, it's constant questions or constant bathroom trips, constant times of wiping butts. It's like, <laughs> I just, it's like, it's never ending. Sometimes I'm like, I just want to be like, Joey, your turn, but he's not here. So, you know, yeah. I'm not complaining because it is a blessing for and sure. I, love it, but it is exhausting and it is wearing at the same time. It's okay to be both. (laughs) Somebody, my mentor actually said, uh, you know, we love everything about being a mom, but we don't like some of it. Sometimes we don't like it. And I was like, yes, (laughs) exactly. Sometimes we just Uh, tolerate what, because you know, it's not going to go on forever. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. Right. And like after, especially after your first kid, you definitely know that because you've been through some stages where you're like, oh, I thought that was forever. And I was like, how can I go on Lord? And then it stopped. And now you're like, oh, they're not a baby anymore, you know? Right. So, oh yeah, for sure. 
So your work now, it looks like the podcast and, and what else is that kind of the focus? Yeah. So that's the main focus. And I was actually just listening to your episode with Jennifer Allwood. Is that her name? Mm-hmm. Not that long ago. Yes. Yeah. And just like, oh my gosh, I'm totally at that phase of like trying to figure out how, like, what can I add to the podcast that is a service and a support to my listeners that would also help support our family. And um, we're in a really interesting season right now. My husband, who has also been freelance the entire time we've been married, he lost his biggest client Mm. four months ago. And so he's been on like a huge job search. And in that I was like, okay, you know, I'm going to buck up and like, I've taken on a part-time job and I was very specific. Like I really wanted to do something that didn't require my creativity. And so I'm doing, I'm editing audio transcripts of sermons <laughs> in my, cool. in my spare time. Right, um, yeah. Time. But just to like help us buy a yeah. more runway for our family yeah. so that he can find the right job with the right company, you know, for this. Yeah. So well, it makes me think of the title of your podcast, Devoted Dreamer. You're a devoted dreamer. You know, the, the piece of that, mm-hmm. that people like get all caught up in the like, oh, you know, it's the dreaming part, but like the devotion looks different in different seasons. And it doesn't always mean that you're doing the thing that you thought you're going to be doing. It might mean you're doing something else. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> so before we talk about that, where are you seeing God's grace in your life? Oh, that's such a good question because I need the reminder. His grace is everywhere. But the thing that I go back to a lot, especially when I'm talking about the podcast and my, what I call a God-shaped dream, is the fact that he's given it to me at all. It feels like a huge gift and a blessing because I struggled for a really long time knowing like I really care about women and I have this life experience and I have this training and this heart and this desire and I don't know what to do with it. And before the podcast was like birthed, I would lay awake at night and these things would roll through my mind. And that continued to happen as I said yes to the podcast and met my first deadline to like get it out when I said I was going to do that three years ago. And then in 2017, I really wanted to host a retreat for listeners. And it ended up being a lot of like local people and women who are my friends. And I felt like he gave me everything for that. And I asked him, you know, I prayed and went to him and said, what is it that these women need? Who, who do they need to hear from at this event? Um, where does it need to be? What do you want to do with it? And by the time it came and went, I was sick the entire weekend. I lost my voice on the last day. And he literally, he not only did it, but he showed me that he did it because I was completely incapable (laughs) of doing it myself. And so that is like the, the most beautiful example to me that like I went to bed the last night of that event going, oh my gosh, like above and beyond what I would have expected. Women were Mm -hmm. tackling things that they did not know they were showing up to deal with. (laughs) And it was really, really beautiful. And so he has just continued to call me to lean into him and to show me how to do that. Cause I don't really feel like I do that very well. And then taking me out of my comfort zone and, and doing really beautiful things in his power and not mine. Mm -hmm. Um, And then even in the season of 
like uncertainty with my husband's job, he's provided for us. And, you know, there were days where I'm like, oh my gosh, if this goes on too long, like, could we be homeless? (laughs) Like, is that where we're headed? Like, there's no taught me like how much I really take for granted in my life. Like, you know, just the ability to go to a restaurant whenever we wanted to, or to say yes to whatever my kid wants in the store, you know, like, I don't know. He's just kind of brought my life down to a simpler place in this season. And I do Mm -hmm. feel like that's his grace, you know, to to see things differently than how I was normally operating. So. Man, that's the second time I've heard that today from really someone I'm interviewing. Yes, the perspective shift. Like it was all a perspective shift. And yeah. it was a totally different situation and circumstance that it was actually medical issues, stroke, all of these things, you know, from a woman who was 36. But like her biggest takeaway was like perspective, perspective. And you're saying the same thing. So it's yeah just a theme that you see with the way God works in our lives is maybe widening our view before he like helps us narrow in on what we thought we were going for. Sometimes Mm -hmm. that that's a necessary step. I tend to be someone, it sounds like you are this way as well, that kind of has a get, gets a vision for something. And it's like, okay, I want to attack this. Like, how do I do this? I want to (laughs) go. Yes. Let's do it. You know? And we can get so excited and in and we're all about it and we will work hard and we will do whatever it takes and nothing can stop us. And those are good qualities. But I think sometimes the lesson is like the, is, is broadening at my view, you know, not, not helping me narrow in or find the niche, but actually looking a little wider angle before, mm. before that, that clarity comes, you know? Yeah. I hadn't thought about it that way, but that's, me I either, like that. Yeah. <laughs> what dream do you feel now is on your heart? I mean, your podcast is called Devoted Dreamers. Yeah. So I'd imagine like you kind of consider yourself a dreamer. Yes. <laughs> and so I'm just curious, what what is the dream that you feel God has put on your heart? And I'm, I mean, it probably has changed, right? Like over the years, I'm sure. Yeah. Shifted or morphed in seasons, but. Yeah. And I'm kind of working on like a, how do I say this? type Uh of statement. Um, and just the way that it kind of manifests out of me, it feels like this is still a work in progress, but the way that I say it is that I dream to see God's love set women free from the bondage of fear, shame, and comparison so that their lives might sing his praises and that their dreams might come alive. And so Mm -hmm. the thing that really gets me when I like dig into that and, connect emotionally with it is freedom, like women being free from, and a lot of it is just kind of their own internal bondage. So the words I mentioned were fear, shame, and comparison. I think those are things that a lot of us really struggle with. Mm -hmm. Shame is even a word that I never wanted to use because it was so shameful, you know, (laughs) about myself. And so, but I think we so struggle with fear, whether that's Mm -hmm. Do I have what it takes? Do am I enough? You know, that's kind of a big thing in the in the world today. Like, am I enough? And you know, it's like, well, God's enough. God is enough. And he made you and you're his daughter and he sees you as beautiful and lovely and worthy of rejoicing over, like he rejoices over us with singing Zephaniah 317. And so I see far too many women who are kind of cowering under the deceit of the enemy instead Mm -hmm. of living out like, yes, 
God made me and okay, so what does that mean? And then I'm going to go do what he's called me to do. Even if I don't really know what that means, like even if I only see this tiny little glimmer of it, I'll go do that one thing. Whether that's like, I'm going to be a really good mom today. I'm going to learn to be more patient with my kid. I might've do that perfectly, but God's calling me to that. And so I'm going to set my awareness on that today. Or like where I was three years ago, like I'm going to start a podcast to encourage other women. You know, it's, it's a different type of dream, those two things, but they're still like things that he calls us to. How he, like the thing that, well, at least in my case, maybe in yours, the thing that we set out to do for others, he does for us through that. Yes. You know? Absolutely. And that's the, actually the bigger miracle to me because I know that this podcast, this experience, the, the experiences that I've had through it, the growth that I've experienced, not because of the podcast, but because of God and what he's doing mm-hmm. because of his work in my life. Like I know that he has changed me. I know that I'm transformed and I know I'm not like done yet, but it's just crazy. Cause I set out to like, with this intention or this vision of what I was doing, like I wanted to be having meaningful conversations with women around the topics and the things that I felt were pertinent to my life that so many of us are facing and these tensions that we're, we're walking in motherhood and work and trying to do that with grace Mm -hmm. and just wanting to have some more conversations around that. And like, and I have, but more than that, God has changed me and it's just, I mean, I, I shouldn't be surprised. I'm not actually surprised maybe, but just, I guess, in awe of how he has been faithful in that and, um, and continues to. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's like, that's one of the questions I always ask my guests because I feel like that's yeah. the thing. Like it doesn't really matter what the dream is. I mean, I hear a lot of like, Oh, well, I don't know if it's like, I'm supposed to start, write a book or start a nonprofit or blah, blah, blah. And it's like, right. okay, what any of those or none sure. of them. And as long as you're listening to the next thing that he's called you to, he will change you through that. He's going to use whatever that is. He's going to use, he'll use your obedience. He'll use your disobedience. He will use any of it to draw you to him and to make you different today than you were a year ago. For sure. Yeah. It's what he does. He's not in the business of staying the same. Look, he is. Just to be I clear. what you meant. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Psst. Hey, mamas, real quick. If you love this podcast, I think you'd also love the Mompreneur Mastermind Show. It's hosted by my girl, friend, and mentor, Stephanie Gass, who is inspiring, real, hilarious, and genius at what she does. Steph is on a mission to help women uncover their God-led callings here on earth and create a brand and business to further that mission. I'm obsessed with how Steph teaches and preaches intentional living, balance, time blocking, and taking your power back. Steph's show is full-on faith-based business mentorship, marketing, mindset shifts, inspiring interviews, and so much more. Listen, if you are a business owner, want to grow your brand, scale your community, or have an idea tugging at your heart, but you're afraid to leap, her podcast is a must. Head to bit.ly slash the mompreneur mastermind show, or anywhere you listen to podcasts and subscribe now. You won't regret it. I'll meet you there. So this dream that you mentioned that you just said, you might need to repeat it again, but how, how do you feel like God is using that specifically in your life right now? 
do you feel like you are one of those people that you are talking to or that you are like simultaneously wanting to share that message with other women of like, don't succumb to fear, shame, and comparison. And you're also like, and merit, you don't (laughs) succumb to fear, shame, and comparison. Like there's freedom. I absolutely feel like that message is for me. Kind of the the day I sat down with our pastor to kind of flesh this out and figure out how to even verbalize this. I mean, I was in tears, just Mm -hmm. sobbing over like, yes, this is what I have struggled with. And this is what I long to see God do in women's lives to set them free from the bondage of fear, shame, and comparison. And yeah, I mean, I can very clearly say that even though I stepped into, like, let's just use the podcast as an example. I was doing interviews for my freelance writing work for about 12 years. And so turning on a microphone and interviewing somebody live on a podcast or recorded on a podcast was not, it was a tiny bit scary. I mean, I talked about like how sweaty I was after every conversation, Mm -hmm. but it was, that did not feel like so incredibly miraculous to be doing that. It was like, oh, well, this is just the next step in that journey. But even now I can look back and go, oh gosh, he has grown me in confidence. He has grown me in realizing that I'm not the only one that struggles with the things I struggle with. And I think that's one of the things the enemy wants us to believe is that we're alone in our struggles. And so I feel like like you said earlier, like the broadening of the perspective, like I have, it's opened up this thing for me to understand that we struggle with a lot of this stuff because of living in the world and that God wants to like peel back the veil, be like, this, this shouldn't be a surprise. And I'm here. Like I am Mm -hmm. here with you, whether you struggle with fear for the rest of your life or not, or that that um, subsides a little bit in whatever circumstance, but to know, like I have a, a constant and growing knowledge that he is with me and that I can talk to him throughout my day. And that, you know, when I was single, my quiet time was like two hours studying in God's word and journaling and, you know, and today it's like, well, one verse, you know, and yet he doesn't look at that and go, you're really failing the quiet time test right now. Yeah. yeah. He looks at me and says, I want a relationship with you and I'm always here and I want you to know that you, Mm -hmm. that you have access to me at all times. And I think I'm growing in my knowledge of that Yeah, by being in a position of having to trust him every day with the little things, the podcast, my mothering, my work, my family, all of it. Do you feel like this isn't something I plan to ask you, but do you feel like there's ever a time where we aren't having some dream in mind. Like there's almost this idea that like, well, I have a dream, have this vision of something and it's going to happen. Or I, I believe it will come to pass in some way, shape or form. God will bring it about in my life, manifest it in some way. And then, you know, (laughs) the lie would be like, and then I'll be happy or then it's, then everything's (laughs) good and I'll be just satisfied. Yeah. Right. Like, oh, this is just this one thing I'm working towards. Do you feel like, cause I was going to say, you know, you're probably in some ways feeling like you're kind of on pause for that dream because of just your circumstances with not having as much time, like not on pause, like stop, just Mm -hmm. not, it's not being fully realized yet, or you are doing the little steps to, to take that will equal the big 
the big action in a year. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm talking in circles, but I'm thinking about how you are recording like a solo episode every month for a year. And that's going to turn into a chapter and maybe into a book. And right. So you're like taking these small steps, Mm -hmm. which maybe we talk about, but holding the dream, not yet already, not yet. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then also like, what does that look like for that to be realized? And when it's realized there's going to be another one, right? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of things that were popping into my head as you were um, describing that. As I just monologue. No. So if I can try to, waiting is one and then the other one will come back to me. But I, I do think there are seasons of waiting, like you just described, like even so you were mentioning my recording a solo episode, maybe that'll be a chapter in a book, you know? So I'm doing that over 2019 and I made this decision to kind of buy myself a little bit of space. So I was doing an episode every week, which was an interview with a guest, which required, you know, all the scheduling time and the prep and then the, you know, all the back end stuff, the editing and the show notes. And, you know, and I was like, ah, I'm losing my mind. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so as of January, 2019, I, th- I said, okay, I've been challenged by some people in my life to, do more solo episodes. So that was kind of a a shift in what this podcast started out as. And someone else was like, oh, and you could compile them at the end of the year and make a book out of it. Oh, okay. And then, Mm -hmm. and so once a month I'm sitting down and doing that and I'm literally recording it, you know, just a few days before it actually is supposed to go live because that's about all I have the bandwidth for. Like it would be great if I had all my outlines ready for the entire year and, you know, but I don't. And so in 12 months, I'm almost halfway through, like maybe plus another 30 days. I don't know what it takes to put out a book or audio book, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but in 12 months, I will have created something that didn't exist in December of 2018. And that's kind of fun, but it's not yet. Like I'm still in the process. And then the other thing I was going to say is, and I think I said this in that episode you listened to, which is when we do things in these little steps, that sometimes it changes right in the middle of it, where my episode for May was on the topic of fear, but I had originally planned to talk about that in April, but something else came up and I had space to say, oh no, this has to come first before we talk about fear. and. So I do think like the dream changes and morphs and God reveals stuff to us in it as we take steps, things that he couldn't have, I mean, he could have, but he chooses not to show us until we've, you know, crossed something off our list or, you know, done the thing that needed to happen first. I mean, he knows all the intricacies of that, but uh, yeah, I just feel like there are things that he won't necessarily reveal to us until we're ready for them. And that feels like his grace too, because two years ago, I might've been like, what? Solo episodes? Mm -hmm. You know, what would I have to say? You know? So yeah, yeah, morphing, changing. So talking about fear, how do you feel that plays into all of this? And, And you talked about that a lot in, you know, if someone wants to really get the full perspective, they can go listen to your most recent episode on fear. Well, You'll have to, we'll, we'll, put, we'll link it in the show notes because it won't be the most recent by the time this airs, but <laughs> right. yeah, you have an episode all about fear, which I found really helpful. And you just talked a lot about feeling the fear, but not letting that keep you stuck. 
and and cause you to not move at all. And that's a really hard place to be. I mean, that's what courage is, is feeling the fear and and doing it anyway. Mm -hmm. Bravery is like when you don't feel fear, you're just brave, you know, but (laughs) we're talking about courage in the face of fear and, and not, you know, despite fear, but in spite of fear, how do you feel like you're doing that? In what ways are you doing that? And, and how would you encourage the listener who is feeling afraid and not wanting to take action for whatever reason towards that dream? Well, uh, I believe I said this a little earlier, but I think the first thing for me is understanding that I'm not the only one that feels this. So I think what I said in that episode was that fear is common. And I don't know, I think acknowledging like, okay, if I try to do something that's A, outside my comfort zone and B, I'm probably inexperienced at it, it would be unusual to not feel fearful about that. You know, like I'm going to go jump out of an airplane. Well, who packed the parachute, you know, (laughs) and Mm -hmm. maybe I've never done that before. So that seems kind of scary. And oh, by the way, it's, you know, 12,000 feet in the air. So there's a part of acknowledging, okay, it's common. I'm not the only one that feels this. Almost everybody I've interviewed has said they've had some sort of fear. And so, you know, the famous person that talks on stage had 20,000 people, like maybe they don't feel fear today, but they did the first, second, third, fifth, 50th time they did that. And so there's that piece of it. And then I think it's really important to identify what are you actually afraid of? Like, is it something happening to you if you were going to do this? Or is it being found out as a fraud? You know, like, mm-hmm. oh, she thinks she can do a podcast, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. or whatever it is. She thinks she can write a book and she's really not a very good writer. Whatever it is you think that that voice right. is in your head telling you you can't do it. What are you actually fearful of? And then what if that actually happened? And the reality is in most cases, we are far more afraid of what could happen than what might actually happen. You know, like if that thing were realized, I mean, other than I jumped out of a plane and there wasn't a parachute, like, okay, you're probably not going to survive that, but pretty much anything else, God willing, you are going to survive it and, and he's going to use it. And it's not easy to be like, yes, okay. I'll do Mm -hmm. it anyway. But you gave a helpful kind of, not rubric, but did you call it a fear inventory? inventory. Yes. Can you walk through that real quick? You you were just kind of hitting on it, but just to tell people how you did, how you did that to identify what you are actually afraid of. Yeah. So I'm trying to think of an example. Do you have an example of something that you might be fearful of? Um, Sure. Writing a book. Cause that's also on my to-do list for the next five years, maybe. (laughs) Okay. All right. So if you would allow me to do it on you, what? Oh, goody! Yes. <laughs> what, are you, what are you afraid of related to that? All right. So, what am I afraid of? Yeah. Not having anything special, interesting, different, unique to say. Not actually having anything to say at all in <laughs> writing a book. Yeah. Yeah, and yet you have this passion, this desire in your heart to write a book, um, but you aren't sure that you have anything special or unique to say. So, what if? you don't have anything special or unique to say, Hmm. then what? Then, and I still write the book. (laughs) Is that what you're saying? Or what if I don't have anything special or unique to say? Like what if that's true? Okay. Then, (sighs) then it would be a huge waste of time and effort Mm. to actually go ahead and write that. 
Right. It would just it, like, I, that, that'd be pointless, you know? Yeah. Well, maybe not, but yes, that's where my brain goes is like, what would be the point? So what if you wasted a bunch of time writing a book that had nothing unique or special mm-hmm. about it? Am I supposed to come up with the positive or just keep saying the negatives of that? I just keep saying like, what's, what's underneath that? Like, why, yeah. why is that? Why does that bring up fear for you? Mm. Oh, wow. That's deep <laughs> because I believe, I think a part of me believes that my worth is, comes from doing good work and achieving something that is meaningful and different and, and sets me apart from others. And if I were to do something that doesn't do that, it would be like worthless. It would mean like I'm worthless. You know, mm-hmm. if, if my work is not anything special, it's not anything different. If it didn't say anything other than what somebody else had already said, and it was like, yeah, cool. We've already read that. Then that would mean like, that would say something about who I am. Yeah. Yeah. And so that is kind of how the fear inventory yeah. goes is that you continue to dig deeper and you got to it pretty quickly. Like mm-hmm. it, I'm, I'm very familiar with this, this weakness. Of yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm afraid of doing this because it's going to reveal something about my identity that's, yeah. that ha- has a wound to it. Mm-hmm. Like, I, and yeah, so that's my next solo episode is how our fear Ooh, reveals yes. what we think about our identity. And, and we know yeah. like, w- so you know where your identity lies, you know, right. kind of logically. Yeah. Right. I know. Lies. I know in my head. Yeah. Yes. It's like, how do I, how do I tackle that thing in my heart that says, if I do this and I fail, it means I don't have the value and worth that I think I need to sustain Mm -hmm. life here on this, like to keep getting up and going each day. I have to believe that there's a reason for me to exist on this earth and that God has me here for a reason. That makes my life meaningful outside of what I can create or what I can do or what I can achieve or even legacy wise, what I can Mm -hmm. leave behind. It has to be bigger than that Uh because if I, if that's the best I can do, like that, the burden is all on me. Like I have to shoulder the weight of that 100%. Yes. And yet like the Bible doesn't say that it says, Mm -hmm. come to me, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. Mm -hmm. And so that means if I'm, if I'm living in alignment with what he has called me to, I will have an easy burden to bear, you know, because he's shouldering the weight of that. So then what is that? Like, where am I not in alignment? Like, where am I? Yeah. How am I thinking that I am the one who makes myself, I make my identity, I make myself great or a failure, yeah. you know, as though I even have that much power. Right. right. It's like, right. Honestly, coming from pride because right. we think that we're like capable. And so I should be able to be someone that can make something of myself. And therefore, if I can't, I'm a failure and I'm nothing. Mm-hmm. Or if I can, I'm amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, so pride really leaves you in that spot of desperation and really kind of hopelessness, honestly. Yeah. It's not, it's not a good place to be. No. And I'm like, I struggle with performance. So I always want to be able to do better to earn my whatever, whatever acceptance, whatever it is, love. And the, it's always going to fail me. Always. That's why Jesus yeah. is amazing. Because <laughs> he's never going right. to fail us. 
Yes. And like, although we shouldn't keep on sinning because we know that we have grace, right? Right. Like Paul says that, but it's also helpful to know that God never has expected us to be perfect because he knows that we are fallen. Mm -hmm. He knows that that's impossible for us. And so I think my measure for myself of, of like, what, how am I doing is like, well, am I perfect? Cause if not, then I'm like below the line. Mm -hmm. I'm subpar. I, I need to try better. I need to try harder. I need to do better. I should have known better. And again, that's pride. Cause that's me thinking that I was right. capable of perfection, that I shouldn't have messed up, that I didn't really need God's help. I was capable on my own and I failed. And so now I've got to work my way back up that mountain uh-huh. to satisfaction, to achievement, to love, you know, yeah. acceptance by the world. And man, it's, it's a trap, <laughs> right? It is such a trap. But I love that, like that exercise that you did on your podcast, because it really did help me, you know, and and just again, in a different context, but helped me kind of get to the root of that and go, okay, like the the fear, because fear is not from God, Mm -hmm. fear, perfect love casts out all fear. So if we're feeling fear, it doesn't mean that we, we have to, you know, not feel the fear before we take action, because I, I don't think that you're ever totally going to not feel any fear. Like hopefully with preaching the truth to yourself, like that fear becomes very minimal because you know, who's you are, but just in like understanding, like that that's coming from, that's a belief problem. My fear is rooted in an unbelief issue, not in the thing itself, like not in the writing of the book. I'm not really afraid about the writing of the book. I'm I'm afraid because I have unbelief Mm -hmm. in my heart. Mm -hmm. And I think this just kind of occurred to me if you have a listener or more than one who's anything like me, you could walk through that process and feel shame or like, oh, I shouldn't feel fearful or, oh, woe is me. Like, why do I struggle with feeling worthless or whatever? But like for your listener, like if you're walking through this fear inventory and it's helpful to do it with a friend, but if you just do it yourself, like dig into each one of those and know that God meets you that and meets you in that with tenderness. Like he knows yeah. all about you and he knows the depth of your struggle. And yes. there is nothing in him that's like, oh, shame on you for struggling right. with your own value and worth. <laughs> you know, it's like, no, he comes to you with such kindness and tenderness as a father and wants to walk with you in your fear yeah. and prove to you yeah. that he's enough. Yeah, for that hundred percent. Yeah. That's really good, man. So shifting gears a little bit, I want to ask you the three questions that I ask every mom, yeah. every guest, do you have any life hacks or mom tips that are kind of helping you stay afloat in this season that you think someone could benefit from? Yeah. And I hope you'll permit me. I really have been dying to write a blog post on this and maybe this will be the accountability for me to get that done. Mm-hmm. But about six months ago, my husband said to me, cause my big thing, like I love to like cook and make fabulous meals. And that was probably for my single or married without kids days. <laughs> right, right. There just isn't time. Like you need to eat and move on. So he said to me, I'm not that concerned about variety, you know, like you probably care more about that than I do, but if you wanted to pick five meals and make the same thing every week 
for however long. <laughs> I'm okay mm-hmm. with that. And so, you know, we kind of all have our go-to easy, like I didn't plan anything. What can I throw together meals? Yeah. And so that's what I've been doing for the last six months is, you know, every Monday we eat the same thing. Every Tuesday we eat the same thing. Every Wednesday we eat the same thing. So that when I'm at the grocery store, I know exactly what we need and don't need. Cause that's the another, another thing is like, I always want to overbuy cause that looks good yeah. and that looks good. And you know, yeah, and yeah. so it really helped our budget, which was super helpful. Kind of, we didn't know we were going to need to mm-hmm. be trimming back as much as we are, but I'm calling it like five simple meals for busy moms is that if your family really doesn't care and your husband gives you the go for it, like, yeah. you know, rotisserie chicken on Monday, taco Tuesday, spaghetti on Wednesday. I do some sort of chili on Thursday. And then when the weather's nice, we grill on Friday. And that's, that's perfect. Right? That's easy. Right. It's so yeah. simple. It's like, it takes the pressure off. Yes. It's like having a capsule wardrobe, but it's for your food. Yeah, for your food, <laughs> a capsule fridge. Yeah. That's awesome. I actually have one of my very first guests, Bonnie uh, Griner. I follow her on Facebook and I saw her talk about that recently. And and all her kids are actually out of the house. She's older, but she still does that, I think, with her husband. And so I imagine, you know, it doesn't really stop being easier. You know, it's like, right. You just have have those options. And and if you know what you like, and maybe you change it up seasonally or something, but yeah, have the freedom like to do whatever you want, if you want to do something different, but at least have that, that to fall back on. Yeah. Yeah. That's really nice. That's that great. Me. That's a good tip. Yeah. I like it. Thanks. So how do you have fun? So this is a challenge for me. <laughs> I'm not really good at fun, but as I thought about it, so we live in Colorado, as I mentioned, and it is quite fun and a little bit challenging with two little kids, but to get outside and mm. hike or explore or like go to like some little mountain town we've never been to like mm-hmm. you know, that's not like a yeah. every week thing but even something like an after dinner walk is refreshing and getting outside yeah. so it's not easy to do in all places that I've lived <laughs> but in Colorado we can usually get outside yeah. and just breathe it's a great air. place to do that yeah yeah you guys have such good weather i mean we, as we were saying it's just <laughs> but you you get some weird weather, but mm-hmm. you do do get really nice. I mean, I love summers in Colorado. Yeah. Just the dry, mm-hmm. the weird effort. doesn't stick around very long. It comes exactly. Across. Yeah, yeah. Where I'm at, it could literally be like snowing one day and humid and ninety the mm-hmm. next. So it that it's all, but it's always that weird. It's always that way. Like you just really never know what you're gonna get. <sighs> yeah, and it's been raining for like two weeks here. And oh. it's going to rain all of next week. Oh, so lovely. I don't even know. I like it's, I feel like I live in the South in the winter and it's actually <laughs> almost summer in the Midwest, mm-hmm. but it is still rainy season. Driving me crazy. Ah. Okay. So how do you rest? Uh, this is also not very easy for me. <laughs> I'm a one on the Enneagram case. Any okay. No, no, that, <laughs> but uh, when I, so I'm trying to do this better because I've noticed that I will give and give and give and until I'm completely depleted and then mm-hmm. it's too late, you know, like mm-hmm. a bubble bath isn't going to yeah. do it. So I am trying to create a practice of exercising every week. Like I have this one yoga class that I love and it is on Fridays and it's where the tension goes away <laughs> after yeah. an hour. 
But I also think like just sitting down with a book, which I rarely get to do, but that would also be really restful for me. Like if I could go to a coffee shop that had a really clean, beautiful ambiance and read a book for 40 minutes, that's like 40 minutes, dream bigger than that. (laughs) (laughs) An hour. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Right. We'll see after about 40 minutes, I've like, I got stuff to do. Sure. Yes. If I have my laptop, I could stay there all day. Mm -hmm. It's a problem, but I really, I, it's so important for me to make time for that. And I'm trying to get better at it for sure. That's good. Yeah, man. So much wisdom, Merit. Thank you for sharing where you're at and some of your story with us. I, I really admire just your I don't know, your vision and your persistence and your devotion to the dream, even when it looks different in different seasons. So it's been really good to talk to you. Thanks, Haley. It was really fun. So where can people find you online and connect with you? Yeah. So I have, um, I mean, obviously the podcast is available where all the podcasts are available, Devoted Dreamers podcast. And I spend a lot of time on Instagram. I kind of am like going in waves there, but I'm at Merit J-O and it's M-E-R-R-I-T-T. And then I have a Facebook group called the Devoted Dreamers Podcast Insiders Group. So there's a couple hundred people in there and we try to just encourage and support each other in the journey. And yeah, those are the big places. So, well, I appreciate it. Thank you again. It's been fun. uh, Yes. We will get all of those places linked in the show notes for sure. Next week, I'm chatting with Melinda Fuller on a topic she's really passionate about obedience over hustle. This is one that is so applicable to any woman, but especially this kindled audience of women who work. And remember, we define work as the work of your hands. So it doesn't just mean you're getting paid. We can hustle and work we're getting paid for, and we can hustle and work that we're not getting paid to do, even laundry, even children's activities and filling our schedules and our days and our lives with so much that we're overflowing and overburdened and exhausted and burned out. So anyways, I really love this conversation with Melinda. So be sure and come back next week. All right. Until then, have an awesome week and I'll see you guys next Monday. Bye.